it's okay. The scripture this morning is Acts 14, 19 through 28. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derbe. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Lord, thank you for your life-giving hope. Good morning, everybody, again. Um, I'd like to call the confirmation students up. And while they're coming up, um, I'm Miss Leah, and I'm the director of family ministry here at Faith Westwood. And um, I first, I'd like to thank Miss Carrie Dyer and Mike Zook for all that they did with confirmation um, before I came on and took over confirmation. So thank you so much for all you do and um, for getting these kids through that. And, um, and I've known most of these kids since they were itty bitty, like preschool, I think, when I got here. And, um, and so it's been an honor and a privilege to do confirmation with them and to see them grow in their faith. Um, the first session we had together I told them, I want you to ask the hard questions. And boy, did they take that to heart. So, and they asked great questions. And I told them, if, if I don't know the answer, then we will look it up together, or we will go talk to Pastor Steve, or we'll find the answer together. Um, but I wanted them to keep asking those hard questions. And question everything. It's okay. So, and... Sometimes I would just sit back and listen to them. And I told them at one point, I just want to give you a mic and say preach. Because they are so wise. And they are so deep in their faith that um, I just like to sit back and listen to them. And um, so that's how this interview came about. I was telling the staff about how I just like to sit back and listen to them preach. And, and uh, Pastor Steve said, well, maybe we could do that for a confirmation. So... This is where we are. Um, and I'd like to have you guys introduce yourselves. We'll start with just James. James Burkle. I'm Jada Daphner. I'm Tice Dyer. I'm Connor Hevelfinger. 
Brody Linnell. And I'm Haley Linnell. I'm Garrett Schultz. I'm JC Schmitz. I'm Emerson Sullivan. I'm Corinne Wigington. I'm Landon Wigington. I'm Heath Wick. All right. They are an amazing class, and we have learned so much together. Um, during confirmation, we learned some history about John Wesley, and we also learned how Methodism was started and came to be, and because it's important to know where we come from, right? It's important to know our history. So what surprised you the most about that? It surprised me that John Wesley questioned his faith. Yep. That it was during the American Revolution. Uh, it surprised me about the prosecution against Methodists in the early days of Methodism. Um, that it took him a while, like it didn't happen at first to have that um, God moment. Like he, his heart wasn't strangely warmed at first. It, like he had to go to a bunch of meetings and um, kind of immerse himself in the church and in the Bible before he could realize, oh, wow, you know, that's super cool. Yeah. He had a lot of doubts, didn't he? And he even made some big mistakes, too, that run out of America. So there's a lot. Okay, so confirmation is reaffirming your baptism and making the choice to be a partner in this faith family. So we even looked back at the history of Faith Westwood. We got out all the old photo albums and looked at pictures and uh, read a little bit about it, didn't we? Yeah, that was fun. So what do you value about Faith Westwood? that makes you want to be a partner in this family? Um, that they treat everyone like family, like they've known them forever, and that like they'll always be there for you. Uh, I just value just the size of this congregation, how many of us there are, and just also how friendly everyone is to everybody else, how we all know each other. I value the people, really. Like, we're all really like a family, and we all know each other pretty well. Mm -hmm. I uh, like how... Oh. Go ahead, Tim. I like how um, a lot of my family is here. I'd say how accepting people are here. That we follow Jesus. Awesome. Anybody else? Okay, so what, um, what's your first memories of Faith Westwood? Or your favorite memory of Faith Westwood? Uh, I'd say me and my brother doing the Christmas pageant. Awesome. Uh, mine was probably when we were in the preschool rooms with a lot of these guys. I like VBS and what we do up here. Mm -hmm. um, I remember sitting in like the children's room and we were just watching like that movie that had like the vegetables in it or something and we just <laughs> veggie tales yeah yes. veggie tales and we just kept learning about the story and it just it was so like fun to watch because like, I understood it or understanded it uh, I really liked the Easter egg hunts on Easter those were my favorite awesome uh, I did the Christmas pageants ever since I was like in kindergarten yeah Christmas pageants, VBS, lots of good things, right? Um, a lot of them talked about Vacation Bible School and how important that was to them and their, their first memories of coming in and seeing things like the twisted vines that Haley saw. 
um, that she remembered. So that's, Vacation Bible School is a big thing. Um, So who introduced you to Jesus, and how did they introduce you to Jesus? Um, My aunt is a pastor. Awesome. Does that explain? Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Mostly my grandma and some of my parents. Also my aunt, too. Um, for me, it was definitely my parents just kind of, I was kind of raised through the church, so every Sunday as a kid, we came down here, um, and also reading children's books that came from my grandma that um, we read at home sometimes, just kind of immersing through the community. I'd say my mom, and every night she would make me say my prayers. Um, I would say my parents. And I would also say kind of myself um, because I heard people talking about it. So I was like, oh, I want to learn more about this. So I just looked like I kept learning about it. And that's kind of what happened. That's great. Asking the question. Um, I feel like my parents because they make me come to church like all the time. And I'm like always here. (laughs) (laughs) That happens sometimes, doesn't it? All right. My my cousin John told me about God during like Christmas and Easter. Anybody else? Okay. Well, that's great. And leaders, if you've ever led, you lead the Vacation Bible School or um, Sunday School or small groups on Wednesday nights, you are making an impact. Um, you are so important in their lives. So, and those relationships, those will carry with them, and they'll remember those. So we've been, you've been growing in your faith for a while now, um, and we talked about what faith means to you, and we even built something out of Legos to represent what faith means to you. And Miss Jen Chattel wrote down something on a green card when we were writing down things for the confirmands to read. She said, your faith is just that. It's yours alone, and your relationship with God and Jesus will last forever. So what does your faith mean to you or tell us about what you built with the Legos to represent your faith. Um, what faith means to me is the people. I feel like God himself is all the people together worshiping him. Faith to me is just being here and helping everybody out however I can and just being nice to everyone. Uh, faith to me is just like believing in God and just coming here to worship him. Faith to me is like trusting God's plan <clears throat> and um, just having confidence in him that he'll get you through anything. Um, so with my Legos, I didn't build anything. I just chose one Lego. It, um, I wish I had a picture. That's my fault. But um, it was one shaped. Lego. Yeah, a little Lego. It was shaped like a brain, kind of like an upside down J. It was a rounded corner. I don't know what it was supposed to connect to. But it kind of symbolizes how I'm always thinking about God and also um, just always present in my head. Um, And also the smallness of it, how even though um, it's small, it can connect to more pieces to make a bigger picture. Like the church, how each of us, um, you know, we don't, I don't do everything in the church, but there's always people to help and support. That's great. 
I made a Lego sword. I don't know how that connects with God, but I guess how mighty he is. That's awesome. Um, I, my faith is helping other people who aren't as fortunate to me or as me. Okay, so out of the Legos, I did not build anything. I picked out the wonderful, majestic orange brick separator. <laughs> and I thought of it as symbolism to how God can solve all of your problems, just like how the brick separator solves all of your Lego problems. <laughs> instead of breaking your teeth off. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so we also talked about how John Wesley had a special moment with God when he felt his heart was strangely warmed. Have you ever had a moment like that with God or where do you feel God's presence or close to God? I feel God's presence when we're singing songs in church with the band. That's awesome. I feel God's presence whenever I just talk to him or like when I'm alone I, and I just think about him that he's just right next to me. Uh, my big God moment came a couple years ago at my sixth grade spring retreat. Uh, we were all just in the chapel uh, at Cramp Rivercrest, and we, uh, we were just singing, we were praising God, and that was just my big moment when I discovered my faith. Uh, at the start of confirmation, I really started to notice uh, God and people more. All right. So we talked about your spiritual gifts, and you even took that spiritual gifts test to see which gifts were the strongest. Um, being part of a faith family, we use our gifts to help serve others. So what is your strongest gift, and how do you think you can share those gifts with our faith family? Um, I think I listen really well. Like I can listen to people. So if anyone has anything to say, like they can just say it to me and then they can get it off their chest. Good. Um, I think I rem think that one of mine was like a leader um, from one of the tests. And I feel like um, for when I did vacation Bible school, I helped, um, I helped lead some of the kids. And I feel like I, I'm, I guess I'm a good leader. So I think it's just a yeah. big thing. Awesome. Um, one of my gifts when we took the quiz um, I tried for three of them, but the one that stood out most to me was, um, I, f I don't remember the name exactly, but, um, it said that I was able to kind of understand more complex ideas and teach them to others. I don't know. That's what it said. Good. You're, you guys are becoming disciples, making disciples. You're helping others and leading others. All right. So your project... Um, was to tell the story of your faith journey or to design a ministry based on your gifts. You've all worked really hard on those, and those were amazing to look at. Um, thank you for all the hard work you put into those, and, and it was really um, neat to see your, your faith journeys and, and um, where you've been. Um, so your journey, your confirmation journey is coming to a close, but your faith journey is long from over, and it never ends. So where do you see or where have you seen God at work in your life during your confirmation journey? 
um, I feel like once confirmation classes started, I got more close to him. Like, I always kept thinking about him. I felt his presence more. And I started to talk about him a lot more, like, out in public, which is something that I, no like, late, like, past in my life I wouldn't do. I was, uh, like, afraid people would judge me for it. But then I was like, I don't care anymore. I love him, <laughs> and I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, since the start of confirmation class, I've just been a lot more aware of myself and what I'm doing and just being trying to be as as much like Jesus as I possibly can in all of my actions. Right. Um, when I watch videos in confirmation class of these people in the past doing these amazing, crazy things for God, that just got me thinking how powerful God is. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so we've been talking about our beliefs and we've looked at the creeds throughout our confirmation journey. And um, so on the last night of confirmation, this last Wednesday, we, this class, wrote their own creed of what they believe. And so we're going to read that to you now. And I'll start and then we'll go with James, okay? We believe in God that everyone should be treated equally. God created everything. God can always see you. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. We are disciples. That the two most important things are to love God and love others. God's laws. The Bible and what's in it. People are different but also the same. In the Holy Trinity. In life after death and eternal life. In the resurrection. In heaven. Jesus is our savior. God can always help us. We oh. can always fear not. Because God has a plan for all of us. All right. Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> also known as Lil G. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Lil G. I forgot. Um. Okay, so their projects were in the fellowship hall in between services, and I'm not sure how long they're going to leave them up afterwards, but um, if you want to, if you could leave them up for just a few minutes, if people might come out and see them. And also, I want to thank all of you for your support and your encouragement for these confirmation students. Um, and there are some little blue cards out by their uh, projects that, you could write a note of affirmation to them and drop it. They have little boxes by each of their projects. You could drop that in there for them. So um, I want to close with a prayer for you. All right, let's pray. Awesome God, we pray that these confirmands will keep asking the hard questions, that they will experience the church as a safe, welcoming, and forgiving place, that they will feel your grace even in moments of doubt, and that they will always know that they are loved by you and their faith family, exactly as you made them. That they will continue to grow into their gifts and their call. That your spirit will guide them as they love their neighbors well. That they will pursue justice and join your work of reconciliation in the world. And that they will feel strengthened as, w as we all seek to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We pray all this in your name. And all God's kids said... Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. You guys can go sit down now.
Well, I want to thank all of these students uh, for sharing and, and, you know, such a great clear witness of their faith and also their projects too. You get the same kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I just want you to know this was maybe my, my favorite confirmation service ever because of what you added. So thank you. And, you know, in uh, every great adventure, uh, the main characters have to go through hardship, right? You, will go to, you watch movies, superhero movies, any kind of, where, where the, the main characters have to go through hardship. Uh, they face an unbeatable foe and impossible odds. They're attacked by an arch enemy or betrayed by an ally. And their heroism is displayed not by easily vanquishing their adversary, but through suffering and sacrifice. Next time you watch in a movie like that, notice that you'll find those things in almost every one. The Bible verse that uh, we're going to focus on today is Acts 14.22. Paul and Barnabas uh, returned to towns in Galatia uh, where people had recently tried to kill them. And you're going... What? Why, why are you going back there? Well, they return to encourage the new Jesus followers there. And they say to them, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Whoa, did you know that? How do you react to that? Let's try it. Let's say it with me, will you? We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And these people that they visit, they are already going through hardships. Maybe they're no longer allowed to worship in the synagogue. Maybe they're forbidden to, to uh, trade at the town market so they can't buy and sell stuff. Maybe some of them have lost jobs. Maybe some of them have been beaten for their beliefs. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what do they mean, enter the kingdom of God? I mean, aren't these people already Christians, which would mean that they have entered the kingdom of God? Well, yes. But you know, the Bible teaches uh, this about the kingdom, that the kingdom is already and not yet. It's both already here, but not yet fully here. So the apostles are saying, oh, yes, you've, you've already entered God's kingdom and you belong to Jesus, and then when he returns, you will enter the fullness of God's kingdom. But until then, you will go through many hardships. You know, I wonder if some of these new disciples felt like giving up. Huh. You know, like, this is too hard, the price is too high, I want to go home. So Paul and Barnabas remind them, that, you know, this is the same kind of abuse that Jesus endured, right? Wasn't easy for him. Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Now, I don't want you to get the reason that it's all doom and gloom because following Jesus, I mean, is the best. I mean, Jesus promises us so much. He promises us a rewarding life, a meaningful life, a joyful life, a life of purpose and peace in his kingdom. And Jesus promises you life that, that you were made for, 
life that, was, that we were created to, to enjoy and to live. As his people, you are forgiven and forgiving. You love God and you love people. You strive for holiness of heart and holiness of life. It is the greatest adventure on earth. Nothing beats belonging to Jesus and following him. British historian Tom Holland. Tom Holland says that the cross is the most recognizable symbol in all the world. Have you thought about that? Over all the world, there's no more recognizable symbol than the cross. During the height of the Roman Empire, the cross meant cruel power, the most torturous death ever devised. Spikes were crushed through your wrists, the bones of your wrist and feet, and, you, and every breath you had to pull yourself up to get a breath. And when you did that, the, the bones scraped against metal. He says that for some, eventually the birds gathered around their heads and with no way to shoo them off, pecked their eyes out. You were humiliated publicly, crucified naked. And the message that, that crucifixion sent was, this is what happens to anyone who rebels against Roman power. That. There was no glory in being crucified. Only shame. But today, the cross is an image of redemption. It tells the story of, of sacrifice and salvation. So how did that happen? How did this flip of the meaning of the cross happen? Well, clearly. The reason we have a cross in this worship center is because of Jesus. Tom Holland says that in his historical research, he has discovered that it is because of Jesus that we today do not live by Roman values. We go to stadiums to watch people play sports rather than watch them being eaten by lions or slaughtered by gladiators. He says today, we, we just take for granted that it is nobler to suffer than to inflict suffering. Have you thought about that? Today, we just take it for granted that it is a nobler thing to suffer than to inflict suffering. And that's all because of the influence of Jesus. Tom Holland used to admire the ancient Greek and Roman civilizations. And, and uh, this former atheist now says, in, in my morals and ethics, I have learned to accept that I am not Greek or Roman at all, but thoroughly and proudly Christian. If you count yourself thoroughly and proudly Christian, if you belong to Jesus, it will cost you. Sometimes you will suffer. Many times you will be called upon to sacrifice. It will cost you to bear his name. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. 
in this world, unless, unless you believe that all faiths are pretty much the same, doesn't matter, if you don't believe that, you'll be called a bigot. Unless you agree with the Bible that, that says, well, not everyone's, you know, the Bible says not everyone's going to heaven, but if you believe that, you may be called a narrow-minded nut. If you agree with the Bible that says that we are to show hospitality to strangers and immigrants, you may be called unpatriotic. Unless you accept the morality of the culture, you may be called a prude. Unless you adopt the mandated language of the organization, you may lose your job. Unless you abandon your Christian values and, and run your business with the world's values, you may be sued and taken to court. You know, there have been people who have left this church because they thought that I spoke against their political views. Uh, some thought I was too liberal, some thought I was too conservative. People have left in both directions. But let me tell you, I am the least political person you know. I, I put very little hope in politics. My hope is just trying to be faithful to Jesus. That's where the hope of the world is. And yes, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to be faithful, but it is so worth it. Belonging to Jesus and living for him is the greatest adventure on earth. Do you believe that? Are you ready to just jump into this adventure for the rest of your life? It's the best there is. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's, you're amazing, and there is no better life that we could find than belonging to you, trusting in you, following you. And Lord, we would rather go through many hardships and stay true to you than give up on you. So Lord, whatever we face, whatever comes our way, give us courage to make sacrifices and to, do, and to endure suffering so we can joyfully stay true to you. And in your name we pray. Amen.